Welcome to the sermon podcast of Northridge Presbyterian Church in Dallas, Texas. I'm Betsy Sweetenberg, the pastor here, and I hope that in this podcast, you see what we seek to do week after week, approaching the stories of our faith with a holy curiosity, not shutting the book because the stories are hard or there are truths we'd rather ignore. Instead, approaching scripture, trusting that God will meet us there, full of grace and truth, teaching us something new about how we are to live in this world God so loves. As Betsy has already mentioned, our sermon series is called Just Say the Words. And last week, Betsy reminded us of the power of words. Today's phrase for us to consider is, I need help. If you weren't able to worship with us last week, I would encourage you to go to our website or YouTube channel to hear the introduction to this series in Betsy's first sermon on I Love You. For today, we will hear God's word to us from 1 Kings chapter 19, a story told about the prophet Elijah, that very prophet who was seen by Peter, James, and John on that high mountain with Jesus the day he was transfigured. There before the disciples was Jesus, transfigured with dazzling white clothes, and in the company of the great prophets, Moses and Elijah. Before we hear from God's word, let us pray. Holy and mighty God, bring these ancient words to life for us once again. May we trust you are not only present with us, but that you are indeed present in these words. Show us where you are and how to find you. As we hear your word read and proclaimed, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of all our hearts be acceptable to you, O Lord, our rock and redeemer. Amen. If we had participated in the rituals of mourning Elijah after his death, we would have likely heard about the great and powerful life Elijah led, the great and amazing things he did. Indeed, Elijah may have been eulogized like this. Elijah the Tishbite of Tishbe in Gilead was described once as a hairy man with a leather belt around his waist. His name meant, my God is Yahweh. And he spent his life as a prophet, a messenger of God. Elijah was an excellent runner, known for once running about 17 miles in front of a chariot. Elijah was faithful and courageous, often going up against hundreds of men in defense of the God of Israel over the worship of Baal. King Ahab may have called him the troubler of Israel, but truly he was trouble for the false gods, always speaking up for the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel. Elijah will be known for calling on God repeatedly to bring down fire from heaven, proof that the Lord is indeed God. After crying out to God, Elijah once revived a widow's son, proving the power of God to heal. 
Even though he was human, he was powerful and mighty. In his final moments on earth, Elijah ascended into heaven in a whirlwind on a chariot of fire with horses of fire. Like Moses, Elijah was a great prophet. He persevered through challenging times and saved our religion from being corrupted by the worship of Baal. He was a miracle worker, and we will miss him greatly. Let us give thanks to God for the life and ministry of Elijah the Tishbite. Amen. Now, there is nothing in this end-of-life remembrance that recalls moments of Elijah's life from Scripture that makes us think Elijah was ever afraid or worried or confused about his call. There's nothing about this that tells us about the real nitty-gritty details of Elijah's life, the parts where depression settled in deep, the days when Elijah felt alone and helpless, the very days when Elijah wondered, where is God? Our scripture reading today opens with a threat to Elijah's life. In his work as a prophet holding fast and true to the worship of the God of Abraham, Elijah had made some people in power angry, namely King Ahab and Queen Jezebel. So I invite you to listen for God's word to you this day from 1 Kings chapter 19, verses 1 through 18. Ahab told Jezebel all that Elijah had done and how he had killed all the prophets with the sword. Then Jezebel sent a messenger to Elijah, saying, So may the gods do to me and more also, if I do not make your life like the life of one of them by this time tomorrow. Then he was afraid. He got up and fled for his life and came to Beersheba, which belongs to Judah. He left his servant there. But he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness and came and sat down under a solitary broom tree. He asked that he might die. It is enough now, O Lord. Take away my life, for I am no better than my ancestors." Then he lay down under the broom tree and fell asleep. Suddenly an angel touched him and said to him, Get up and eat. He looked, and there at his head was a cake baked on hot stones and a jar of water. He ate and drank and lay down again. The angel of the Lord came a second time, touched him, and said, Get up and eat, or the journey will be too much for you. He got up and ate and drank. Then he went in the strength of that food 40 days and 40 nights to Horeb, the Mount of God. At that place, he came to a cave and spent the night there. Then the word of the Lord came to him, saying, What are you doing here, Elijah? He answered, I have been very zealous for the Lord, the God of hosts, for the Israelites have forsaken your covenant, thrown down your altars, and killed your prophets with the sword. I alone am left, and they are seeking my life to take it away. He said, go out and stand on the mountain before the Lord, 
for the Lord is about to pass by. Now there was a great wind so strong that it was splitting mountains and breaking rocks in pieces before the Lord, but the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind, an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, a sound of sheer silence. When Elijah heard it, he wrapped his face in his mantle and went out and stood at the entrance of the cave. Then there came a voice to him that said, What are you doing here, Elijah? He answered, I have been very zealous for the Lord, the God of hosts. For the Israelites have forsaken your covenant, thrown down your altars, and killed your prophets with the sword. I alone am left, and they are seeking my life to take it away. Then the Lord said to him, Go, return on your way to the wilderness of Damascus. When you arrive, you shall anoint Hazael as king over Aram. Also you shall anoint Jehu, son of Nimshi, as king over Israel. And you shall anoint Elisha, son of Shaphat of Abel-Meholah, as prophet in your place. Whoever escapes from the sword of Hazael, Jehu shall kill. And whoever escapes from the sword of Jehu, Elisha shall kill. Yet I will leave 7,000 in Israel, all the knees that have not bowed to Baal, and every mouth that has not kissed him. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So here, in these words, instead of the memorialized end-of-life version of Elijah, we read that the great prophet who performed miracles was afraid. He was so afraid, in fact, that he went a day's journey into the wilderness, sat down under a tree, and asked that he might die. Like Moses before him, Elijah felt like he was not good enough to lead God's people. To flee from the wrath of Jezebel, Elijah had gone all the way to Mount Horeb, also known as Mount Sinai, that sacred spot where Moses had received the Ten Commandments from God and the covenant with God was first made. There, Elijah spent the night in a cave. The word of the Lord was there and spoke to Elijah, What are you doing here? It's clear in his response that Elijah is feeling the weight of his call from God. He's feeling weary and lonely. Elijah explains to the Lord, I have been very zealous for you. The Israelites have sinned over and over and I've tried, and I feel alone, and they are trying to kill me. Now, Elijah doesn't say the words, I need help, but he shows up to God on that sacred mountain and essentially says, I've tried, and it's not working. I don't know what to do now. And the word help is not even audible. Help. Help me. I need help. 
Sometimes I need help sounds more like I can't do this alone. Or where are you, God? I need help may come out of our mouths as what am I supposed to do now? Or I don't understand why it's so hard. I need help may even sound like an obstinate, I don't need help, I can do this all by myself. I've never said that. Thomas Merton wrote a prayer that has come to be known as the Merton Prayer. His I need help sounds like this. My Lord God, I have no idea where I am going. I do not see the road ahead of me, I cannot know for certain where it will end, nor do I really know myself. And the fact that I think I am following your will does not mean that I am actually doing so. But I believe that the desire to please you does, in fact, please you. Author and, in my own opinion, a spiritual guru of our time, Anne Lamott says, that help is the first great prayer, followed by thanks and wow. Help, she writes, help us walk through this, help us come through. Lamott says, I need help may sound like, this is really all too much, or I am going slowly crazy, or I can't do this, or I can't stop doing this, or I can't feel anything. She continues, or help, he's going to leave me, or I have no life, or I hate the one I've created, or I forgot to have a life, or I forgot to pay attention as it scrolled by, or even help, I hate her so much, and one of my parents is dying, or will never die. Lamott also reminds us that we can pray, Hi, God. I'm just a mess. It's all hopeless. What else is new? I would be sick of me if I were you, but miraculously, you are not. I know I have no control over other people's lives, and I hate this. Yet, I believe that if I accept this and surrender, you will meet me wherever I am. Isn't that our hope That if we dare to utter the words, I need help, that God will meet us wherever we are. On this MLK holiday weekend, it is easy for us to look to the Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., like Elijah or Moses, only recalling the great memories that make us all feel good. Dr. King is remembered for being the greatest civil rights leader of all time, sometimes almost as if we think he's been the only one. But during the time he was living and serving as a pastor in the Baptist church and working for civil rights, it's estimated that only about 30% of the population liked him. During his life and ministry, Then he was disliked by most of the people in our country. Like Elijah, he was despised by many in power. 
And so I have to tell you, it's ridiculous for me to believe that all of my own parents and grandparents liked Dr. King. It's ridiculous for us to believe that all of us in that time and place would have been on board with all of his radical ideas. I recently listened to a podcast with author Hajar Yazdiha, who wrote a book titled, The Struggle for the People's King, How Politics Transforms the Memory of the Civil Rights Movement. And Yazdiha reminds us that we have whitewashed King's own words and his radicalism. Not only have we taken his words out of context, but we've carefully chosen what to repeat and what not to repeat over the decades since his struggle for equality. As a society, we have convinced ourselves often that racism is a matter of the past, that it's over, and the dream has been realized. The truth is, maybe this weekend is a reminder once again that we need to cry out for help. I will admit I need to admit my need for help in understanding why things are the way they are. I need to say, I need help in understanding my own racism, my own biases, my own privilege in this world. I need help understanding why things are the way they are and why God's kingdom is not yet a reality. Why Dr. King's dream has not, in fact, been fully realized. Like Elijah, Dr. King was not liked, and it was because he refused to be silent about inequality and justice and oppression. And I believe Dr. King was dependent on God and others. King knew he could not do the work of justice and equality for all people by himself. I need help, in some form, would have been a common refrain for him. I need help. I need the help of the people. I need the help of the community. I need the help of the white majority. I need the help of God. In 1967, the Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. delivered a sermon at the Mount Pisgah Missionary Baptist Church, and I will humbly share his words. Dr. King said, Finally, this man was a fool because he failed to realize his dependence on God. Do you know that man talked like he regulated the seasons? That man talked like he gave the rain to grapple with the fertility of the soil. That man talked like he provided the dew. He was a fool because he ended up acting like he was the creator instead of a creature. Dr. King continued, And this man-centered foolishness is still alive today. In fact, it has gotten to the point today that some are even saying that God is dead. The thing that bothers me about it is that they didn't give me full information, because at least I would have wanted to attend God's funeral. And today, I want to ask, Dr. King said, who was the coroner that pronounced him dead? I want to raise a question. How long had he been sick? I want to know whether he had a heart attack or died of chronic cancer. 
These questions haven't been answered for me, and I'm going on believing and knowing that God is alive. You see, as long as love is around, God is alive. As long as justice is around, God is alive. There are certain conceptions of God that needed to die, but not God. You see, God is the supreme noun of life. He's not an adjective. He is the supreme subject of life. He's not a verb. He's the supreme independent clause. He's not a dependent clause. Everything else is dependent on him, but he is dependent on nothing. Dr. King might not say, I need help. But he does say, everything is dependent on God, who is the subject of life. I wonder when you have needed to say the words, I need help. I find in my own life that there are times it is easy. We are raising two small children, my husband and me and, and I, and we often find that the little one will utter, I need help, and we are so grateful to jump in and help. There are times that I want to give myself a pat on the back. In fact, man, I can say I need help. And then I stop and start thinking about it and realize there are plenty of other times when it's really hard to admit I need help. On Mount Horeb, Elijah knows he needs help. He encounters the word of God, and when he goes to the mouth of the cave to look for the Lord to pass by, he realizes the Lord is not in the wind, the Lord is not in the earthquake, and the Lord is not in the fire. And then there was the sound of sheer silence. Do you know what the text does not actually say? It does not say that there, then, Elijah found God in the silence. What if the truth of this scripture is that God was? That in the sheer silence, Elijah realized God was there as God had been all along. The reason Elijah didn't find that God was in the wind or the earthquake or the fire is because God was actually in Elijah. And it was in the silence, the silent space, that Elijah realized it. God's spirit was always there with him. She had never left him. God is always ready to help us. In one of our board books at home, we read, God will always find us. We cannot ever be in a place where God cannot respond to our cries for help, however they may sound. Dr. King knew God is not dead. God is alive. God is here. Elijah rediscovered God was there with him when nothing else was there to capture his attention. Indeed, God responded to their cries for help and met them where they were. Friends, God is always ready to hear the words, I need help, in whatever form they may take. 
And as we remember the legacies of the great prophet Elijah and the Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., may we trust that God is with us and ready to help in all times and places. We are never alone. Thanks be to God. Amen. Go out into God's world in peace. Have courage. Hold on to what is good. Return to no one evil for evil. Strengthen the faint-hearted. Support the weak. Help the suffering. Honor all persons. Love and serve the Lord, rejoicing in the power of the Holy Spirit. And as you go, may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the power of the Spirit bless you and keep you this day and always, always. Amen. <laughs>